0: of stuff that comes around in life. What's your foundation? We talked about Jesus give a a story where he equated our foundation to building a house on a rock or building our house on sand, and when the storms hit, the house on rock stands strong. Last week, we talked about rooting our lives in relationship versus religion, in in knowing Jesus and walking with him daily versus, uh, you know, following a set of rules. And I'm just going to hit the pause button real quick. I just had this thought I want to just share That uh, has nothing to do with my teaching. So um, I I just was looking out and like, I just want to say, I am so honored to have you here today. Like it's, I know that like there are literally so many different churches that you could go to this morning, or you could stay home, which, you know, there's benefits to that, right? Uh, And I just think it's so cool that everybody in this room made the sacrifice to get up and come here, uh, that you chose to be here, and um, I just want to thank you guys, and like we're humbled and honored to have the chance to talk to you about God. I think that it's it's really important, and I think faith is is a really sacred part of our lives. And so I think it's, you know, just want you to know we don't take it for granted that you've chosen to be here this morning. So thank you for coming. All right. Uh, all right, so Rooted, I want to show you, I don't usually start right off with a, with a verse from the Bible, um, but I'm going to start with one today. So this is a verse that uh, Paul, you, I use Paul a lot, as you can tell, Paul was... Uh, one of the apostles of Jesus, one of the followers of Jesus, and he wrote a bunch of what we call the New Testament, which is kind of the second half of the Bible. Um, He wrote letters to churches that he planted, kind of like we planted this church, a new church. Then he would leave and go start other ones and write letters back to them. So here's this statement, he said. He's praying for them. He says, I pray for you that you would be rooted and established. Sounds like what we've been talking about, right? So what I want you to know is what he's doing right now is he's writing this letter, and he is um, at a resort, okay, on a tropical island, and uh, he is loving life, and he is there feeding him martinis, and, you know, people are waving at fans, and it's, he's just like, this is the life. I want you guys to be right now. He's actually in a, uh, in a Roman prison, which I would think are not nice. I mean, I've never been to one, but... Uh, Roman prison back in that time probably didn't look as, you know, as, as good as, I mean, not that prisons look good today, but, you know, he's in prison, he's, he's probably frustrated because he's feeling like, I'm supposed to be out there starting more churches, and yet he's locked up, he's probably being mistreated, he's, you know, not, not having a good time, and he's saying, listen, guys, he actually writes a little bit before this in the letter, he says, I don't want you to be discouraged by my suffering, which is really interesting, don't be discouraged by my suffering. Instead, I pray that you would be rooted. I pray you, no matter what happens, if you end up in prison, if you end up in grief, if you end up in struggle, no matter what happens, you can root yourselves and establish yourselves, ready, in strength. Be rooted and established in strength. Just try, no it's not it, let's try again determination i will succeed i mean i know there's a lot of us in this room that that know that, that, that's not the right word but we practice that okay next one how about in hard work that's what i tell my kids hard work but that's not what paul said i put like 40 of these up here sorry guys keep going good <laughs> deeds like i want you to base your life in good deeds if you're a good person if you're just a good person things will go well is that working for anybody No. All right. In money. Yes, guys, listen. I want to tell you I found the secret to being content in life, and it's money. Get more money, and you will be fine. I think there's one more fake one. Talent. Like, if you're really good at stuff, if you succeed. Actually, this one is like America, right? kind of like if you are really, really good, you're going to be good. No. Is this the real one? Nope. Skip it. Next one. I'm getting tired of these. Okay, Love. I had even more in my notes that I like, I already took out like five. Okay. I pray that you being rooted, established in love. That doesn't sound like a real like rooted and established word, does it? Like when I think about building on the rock, I'm not thinking about love, right? I'm thinking like let's build on strength. Let's build on hard work. Come on, determination. But he's saying, look, I pray that you guys would weather the storm. Listen, he's writing to churches at a time when they were being hunted for believing in Jesus. Like, they were literally being pursued, being locked up in prison. So this wasn't like, hey, you know, it wasn't like what we experience as, as church today. Like, no one's coming in here and locking you guys up, right? So he said, but here's the, here's the secret. Here's the secret to weather the storm. I, w- I pray that you would be established, that you would build your foundation in God's love. So let's look at the whole verse. That you would have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That you, and it's interesting he says with all God's people, and this will be another topic we'll talk about in a couple weeks. But it's not just something you alone can just learn. But together we learn how much God loves us. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. Huh? Have you read that? How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? Somehow, he's calling us into something that's impossible. How could you really get this? And you may be filled with all the measure of the fullness of God. Okay. Now, listen. I was really tempted to just roll with this verse and just talk about how great God's love is, how much he loves us. Isn't life wonderful? He loves you when you're sad. He loves you when you're happy. But I don't feel like that would be an honest like, talk. <clears throat> how do you know if somebody loves you? do you think about that? Like, how do you know? Is it enough that someone just tells you they love you? Probably not, right? Like, we, we need action. We need some sort of, like, display, something to back it up, action, speak louder than words, that whole thing, right? So, so like, let's follow this logic with me. How do you know that God loves you? Or ask yourself this question, and I don't want anybody raising their hands, right? But do you feel like God loves you? Do you feel like, like, I know, like, if you've been in the church, you know the right answer. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I can quote four verses, like, for God so love the world, right? And I'm just saying, do you feel like God loves you right now? Okay, but just press this button a little bit harder. So, like. You're married, maybe. Like, let's pretend you're married, okay? And uh, I'm married. We don't have to pretend that. I'm married. And and I feel loved by Mandy, right? But but sometimes that can shift and change, can't it? Can't the feeling of love shift and change? What's that connected to? A lot of times it's connected to action. I mean, if if Mandy just told me she loved me, but never showed me, like, my... My One of my highest love needs is affection, and the other one is admiration. So I just want her to touch me a lot and tell me how great I am, right? Just You are so great. You are so great. You are so great, right? So that's my love language. Now you know. Give me a hug. Tell me how much you love my teaching, and I will feel wonderful for the rest of the day. Um, but, uh, you know, if she just, like, ignored me and never, never gave me a hug, never gave me a kiss, never told me how great I am, I would not feel loved. So... Should we expect anything less of God? Is it okay that God just tells us He loves us, or does He have to show us that He loves us? Now, you get you get into some like dicey territory when you start talking about what we think God should do, because like He's God, right? And we're just us, and you know God can kind of do whatever He wants to do, right? So the answer to that question is sure, God can do whatever He wants to do. But I want to press this button. I, I want to push into this. Like if 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 He's saying. When times are tough, be rooted in God's love. Let me ask you, do you feel God's love when times are tough? I and mean, I would argue that a lot of times we don't. And here's the thing I think a lot of times when times get tough, we distance ourselves, we feel disconnected, we feel far. God, see here's the thing, because we've learned that love equals action, not words, okay? Then we say, God, if you loved me, why fill in the blank? If you loved me, now I'm sorry, we're going to like get, we're going to just, hopefully, this is going to be a little bit difficult, right? I'm trying to build some tension in me and us. But if you loved me, why did you let my spouse cheat on me? Like if you loved me, why is my kid wandering so far from you, God? If you loved me, why is my loved one perpetually sick? We can never get them through this. If you loved me, why did my child die at such an early age? If you loved me, why is my marriage such a struggle? Like God, if you love me, why is all this crap happening in my life? Like I feel like if, if, if Mandy loved me like you love me, God, I would really deeply question her love. And yet God gets a pass because he's God. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, and maybe you're like, well, this pastor is messed up. Right? <laughs> have you ever thought these thoughts? Like, these are the thoughts I think that we think in our heads that we don't say with our mouths, especially in church, because it's illegal. Right? But I want to tell you, like, have you ever had something... So difficult happen in your life that you question God's love for you, that you question God's goodness. Have you ever had something so difficult happen in your life that you still question God's love? That you're still wrestling with it and it was a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. God, how could you have let me be abused when I was a kid? How could you let that happen? You say that you love me. What are we supposed to do with this? See, this is something that I, I believe in firmly is that it's it's a lot easier, to be honest, to just preach a, 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 um, a topsoil level message, okay? And, and to believe that way. But when the rubber hits the road, when things get hard, the roots are down in the struggle. Like we have to wrestle with this stuff. If, if your faith in God, if your experience of God's love is topsoil level, is, is good when things are good, do you know what I'm saying? Like then when it happens in life, you're going to be, we're going to be hurting. So, so I want to help you as, as, you know, as, whatever I am up here, like the pastor or whatever. Like, I want to help us wrestle with this. And I want to tell you, I don't have all the answers. Like, this is not, I really don't think that all of faith is clean cut. I think a lot of following Jesus is kind of messy. And, and, we, and we wrestle with this and we lean on God and we lean on each other. There isn't like a yes or no answer a lot of times. Well, sometimes there is. Okay. When I get done at teaching, I often think back to how many times I was able to make you laugh. And, like, this is one of those teachings where it's just not going to happen, and I'm going to go home and feel bad about myself. So just, if you see me in the hallway after, just tell me that you know I'm funny, and I just didn't have it today, okay? All right. <laughs> Thanks. Um, also, I've got a cold. Have you noticed that? I'm like, Ugh. so I normally don't sound this weird. Um, a couple a couple years ago, like about 10 years ago, Mandy and I, we lost two children to stillbirth um, in a row in the same year, basically. And um, it, it like, kicked my faith in the face, right right in the teeth, just like, poof. And, um, you know, after the first one, it was like, his name is Malachi. After the first one, it was like, okay, this is horrible, like, devastation. Like, no, I have no rule book for this. I have no playbook for this. But after the second one, it was like, are you kidding me like really who, who are you and so um, uh, my dad and I were driving home from the uh, men's retreat last night still some guys there so you look around they were missing some people and uh, I was talking about this camping trip that I took uh, there kind of a time in my life where Mandy was like you're really really angry <laughs> at everybody and you need to figure it out So um, I went and took a three-day alone trip in the woods, and I just tried to, like, have it out with God. And I was just like, God, I don't understand how you could let this happen to me. And I had a really, what I feel like was a real profound but difficult conversation with God. So do with that what you will. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy. Like, we believe that God, God speaks to us. I believe he speaks to you. But, like, you know, I don't know your faith background. You might think that sounds weird. Um, We're pretty weird. But, uh, I, I had this experience where I was like... He was saying to me in a loving way, why should I... Because I was like, God, we prayed for you to heal Hope, was the, the second baby. We prayed for you to heal her. We prayed for you to, to raise her from the dead. God, we, you tell us to pray. We prayed. Like, if my child asked me... I mean, these are honest questions, right? If my child asked me to do that, I would do that. If I had the power to do it, What were you thinking? How come you... You know how many good things I... You know how much I've sacrificed in my life for you, God... Do you know, like, the jobs I could have had and the money I could have made, but I've decided to do this for you? Do you know how many times I've said yes to you, God? And, and, And it just, like, dawned on me. He was like, so, you've earned it. So you deserve that. You deserve me to do that for you. And he started to ask me, like, what about everybody else? Why are you so bent out of shape now that this trauma has hit you how come you haven't been on I was literally on a mountain so it doesn't not to sound spiritual how come you haven't been on this mountain every day of your life questioning me because there's people suffering every day why is it just now that you're all been out of shape now listen i'm not saying that to you but that's what got through to me and i was like Oof. it's like kind of cut me to the heart and i and i had to connect with god and this is what i think i learned okay so can you put this next statement up I think I learned for me, and this might work for you, okay, that I needed to stop expecting God to be a genie, all right? So here's what I think we want God to be. I think we want God to stay in his bottle until we need him, and then in the moment that we need him, boom, get what we want, and then back in the bottle. I think that's what we want. I think that, and also I'll tell you what, I think that that's how we define God being good. If God was good, he would take care of what I want, when I want it, how I want it. Now, go. And I don't think that's what God ever promised us. And I think we need to stop expecting God to be a genie and start relating to him as as a father. And what I think is, when we expect him to be a genie, here's why our roots aren't deep. is because when the hard thing comes and he's not a genie, we get mad or angry or hurt, depending how you respond to that kind of stuff. I got angry. You step back. And you miss what he's actually trying to do is be your father in that difficult time. Who I needed God, when I needed God most, I was pushing him away. Have you ever experienced that? When I needed God most, I was mad and distancing and self-righteous and self-pity. And what I needed to do was experience this love, how wide and long and high and deep is this love. I needed to experience this love, but I wouldn't let him love me because I was too angry. And I think some of my anger, at least, stemmed from a false expectation of who God says he's gonna be. Okay, so I wanna sidestep to a time in Jesus' life where he was about to go through something hard. So go here. He's talking to his followers before he's about to go be crucified. I don't know if you've ever been crucified, but I hear it's painful. And so he knows what's happening. He says, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. He's like, Look, you're all going to desert me. You will leave me all alone. Yet, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And he had this moment a little bit later where he's like, God, is there any way to get out of this? It's basically what Jesus prayed. And he said, But listen, I know there's not, so be with me, not your will. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? Be with me. He says, listen, everyone's going to leave me. Everyone's going to accuse me of being these horrible things. I'm going to be made a mockery of. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be spat upon. I'm going to be crucified. But I won't be alone, for my Father will be with me. Now, look at this next verse. He goes on. He says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. I think that's really ironic. That wouldn't have given me peace at all. Right? If you read this whole section where Jesus is talking, he's like, guys, guess what? You're going to have problems. You're going to get beaten. He says you're going to have grief. The world's going to hate you. I've told you these things so you could have peace. Right? And Jesus, I don't think you understand what peace means. But here's the thing, and this is why I think it's, the, this is why I think following Jesus is honest. He doesn't promise us no problems he doesn't say i'm a genie he doesn't say look become a christian everything will be great in your life follow jesus no more problems now listen there are some preachers that kind of say that right have you ever heard that i've heard that follow jesus and all your prayers will always be answered show me someone who has actually experienced that listen that's really fun to preach i'll tell you It's really fun to preach. It's easy to preach. It's fun to get up and be like, you just got to pray harder. God's coming. The breakthrough's coming. It's really easy to preach that. It's really honest to say sometimes it doesn't happen. And yet God is still good. And yet God still loves you. And let's figure that. Let's wrestle through that honestly. See, I think that's being rooted in God's love. So when the hard things come, you're not like, well, I wasn't expecting that, right? He says, In this world you will have trouble. He promises us that it's gonna get bad. And that's why we can have peace. It would be totally different if he was like, hey guys, nothing bad's gonna happen, and then bad things happen. We'd be like, oh crap. Jesus said there were in bad what's how then we'd lose our peace, right? But he says, expect that there will be trouble, but take heart. Be courageous. Face those hard times knowing that I've overcome the world. Knowing that I am with you. Knowing that I will win in the end. So, we're going to go back to the original verse now. What I'm hoping that you've heard is this. right, That God's love, God loving you and I, is not about God doing everything we want the way we want it. All the time. And that when that doesn't happen, it's not evidence that God doesn't love you. And I can't explain it, guys. I mean, yes, like, God's a loving God, and he's He's an all-powerful God, so, like, could he make it so that nothing bad ever happened? Yes, he could. Right? And there will be a day, we, I believe, there will be a day when Jesus comes and he will do that. But it's not yet. Why? That's the unanswerable question. God, why haven't you come back? I mean, I could give you some theological reasons why I think that. Why are you allowing suffering in the first place? Why, 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 why? And I'd be happy to sit down and talk about that. But the reality is that Jesus has said, I'm not taking you out of the world yet. And there's trouble in the world. There's brokenness in the world. I mean, can we all say we've agreed to that one, right? There's evil in the world. There's pain and suffering in the world. But I am with you. That's the key. You're not alone to go through this. And that's what God's love is. I mean, it's hard to use this analogy because God's bigger and more powerful than me. But as a father, I can't prevent every evil that happens to my children. But I can be there for them when they happen. And my love can surround them. My love can inspire them. My love can bring healing to them. And I think that's where I meet God. So God's love is wide. Think about this. We talk about the width of a river. We talk about how many people God's love can cover. So many, so many Christians love to narrowize God's love. Well, you've got to be in this certain special group to be loved by God. God's love is wide. He said, for God so loved, we all know this one because we watch football, right? The world, God so loved the world. His love is wide. His love is long. The Bible says that his love stretches back as far as you can ever see and goes into eternity. Before you knew God, he was loving you. He was moving in your heart. He knows what you're going through right now. His love, I'm going to skip to deep first. Sorry, they're out of order. His love is deep, no matter how difficult it gets. Think about this, guys. No matter how deep the pain or the suffering you know, how, how, how deep the struggle, his love is deep enough. Guys, there's this beautiful verse. It's an old verse. Back in the beginning of the, the Hebrew text of Deuteronomy, it says, his hands are always underneath of us, which has always meant to me, like, an hour, how low I feel like I go, God's always got me, okay? And his love is high. His love is going to lift you. It will. There will be times where you won't feel that right away, but his love will lift you. Here's the thing that we believe. And here's the difference. We don't just hang on for dear life and like, man, in the end, things will be good. But for now, life sucks. All right? That's not what we're saying. Okay? God's love will lift you in this life. We will know the goodness of God in this life. God's love will lift you in the midst of your suffering. God's love will lift you in the midst of your grief. God's love will lift you in the midst of your confusion and your doubt. God's love will lift you higher to know him. And ultimately, he'll lift us higher to be with him. I pray that you guys, that me, we'd be rooted in this love. That we get a power to know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. To know this love, not just to feel it, but to know it, to experience it, to hold it, that surpasses all knowledge. So we could be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. I pray that for you guys. I pray that for me. I just was preparing this teaching this week, and I felt like the Lord was just putting on my heart over and over and over again. There are just numerous people in this room that were going to be in this room today who just wonder about, does God really love me? And I hope that today has maybe opened that door a little bit, right? Like, I don't think any 25-minute talk is going to solve the problems we were talking about this morning. Those are like age-old wrestling match Ideas we need to continue to work on, right? You know what I mean? But I I hope that this opens the door for you. We're going to end today. We have a response time, and we're adding something a little bit new that we're going to do once a month. So let me just tell you what we're going to do. Um, We do a song so that you can kind of not just run out of here, but think about and pray about what we just talked about. If you'd like to get prayer, those signs over there indicate where we do prayer. So during that song, you can go over there. If you would like prayer to know God's love more, head on over there. If you're suffering or struggling, head on over there and get prayer. Also, we have communion set up on those two tables in the back. Now listen, communion, not something we've done here at City Light before. If you're new to the church, if you're new to Christianity, or if you're not a follower of Jesus right now, basically what this is, is it's a it's a ritual. Just like, you know, birthday parties are a ritual, Right? I mean, you do a birthday party to celebrate the fact that your kid has gone another year with, you know, and you're all excited about it, right? So this is like a ritual we celebrate, and we're going to do it once a month here at City Light, to just celebrate what God has done for us. That Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And so you just go back there on your own. We're not going to make a big deal out of, you know, whatever. You don't have to eat out of my hand or anything. It's weird. Um, you just go on. Sorry, that's really mean. I can't believe I said that. We'll have to edit that out. Um, Okay, everybody be quiet. All right, good. That's where we'll clip it, and I'll say, that's beautiful. Okay, so um, in this day and age of Purell, I mean, do you really? Okay, so just go back there. You can grab a little cup and grab a little thing. You can sit down. You don't have to do it, but you can do it if you want to. And just sit down on your own and just thank Jesus for dying for you and raising from the dead. Um, So let's stand together. i will pray for you like we always do. Just close your eyes real quick. God, we thank you that you love us. and. We ask that you would go past the surface level, the top soil level, and go into the depths of our heart where, answer some of those questions. Let us begin to know that love. And just real quick, if everybody can have their eyes closed, we always want to give a chance for people to say yes to Jesus for the first time. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus for the first time, and you've been hanging out with us, and you're like, you know what, I think it's time. Like, don't do this lightly, we're not pushing you. You know, if you want to think about it more, that's fine. Pray about it some more. But if you'd like to make that first decision to be a follower of Jesus, just raise your hand for a second. If there's anybody here who wants to make that first decision, and I'll see it. All right. So Jesus, we love you, God, and we thank you for your love for us. Amen. So sing along to this song. Sit down and reflect. Go get prayer. go, Go grab communion and bring it back to your chair. Okay?